She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Like the limbs are off. And like they were just dragging it along. And I'm fascinated every time. Like, oh, you guys caught something else. All yeah, right. but I, you know, but they're the things where I'm like, you would drag me if you could. Yeah, so I, I, they freak me out a little bit. So what are we talking about today, Alistair? Making money online. Booyah! What? Yeah, oh. making those dollars. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> stream and I was like that's badass and then in my head I was like there's another way to look at this which is that's pretty precarious yeah. and it's like unstable <laughs> badass or struggling to put food on the table <laughs> yeah, it can be seen either way well hello beautiful people and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast hi there welcome 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 Today we talk about a really exciting topic for us. It's our journey and our kind of steps and principles for how we are making money online, doing fulfilling work. That's right. Should we get into it? Let's just get into it, I guess. (laughs) Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Alistair. Hello, everyone. Wherever you are and whatever time of day it is for you. Welcome to the Far Out Podcast. Yeah, yo. What's up, Alistair? What's what's going on? Well, the weather here is changing. Yeah, we so we sat down and it was like, whoa, we've been here six months. Like we actually landed in Guatemala six months ago, exactly to the date of and this recording. We did not plan on being here for six months at the time. No, we were here. We were supposed to be here for three, and then we prolonged, and then hashtag pandemic. But I have to say that <laughs> I am definitely not upset to still be here. I know it's I'm, such a beautiful place. I know it's amazing. We're moving into the to the rainy season. Which is awesome. I was like, I could feel the weather changing last month, and now we're officially in the rainy season, which means beautiful, clear skies, clear water in the morning for up until like 2 p.m. maybe. It it starts to get kind of foggy around mid-morning, and then around 2 p.m. the clouds roll in. It's got hotter. When we first got here, I was wearing sweats and and like a sweater in the evenings and stuff. It was cool at night. Yeah. Not so much anymore. It's definitely like hotter now, and then it rains a lot of night, which is glorious because you get these, you know, like torrential downpours. There's thunder and lightning that just lights up the sky. The other night we had thunder crack literally right over the roof. Yeah, and it was. I don't think I've ever heard thunder like that. No, (laughs) I think the lightning must have been like a half second before that. Yeah, it was amazing. Honestly, I'm I'm one to believe that there is no better feeling. Than lying in bed with a book while it's raining outside. I have to agree with that. It's like the best thing. It's like, oh, I get to put on my sweater. I get to, The oh, only I thing that can make it better is that it's dark outside. Yes. So that you're like, oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Nowhere to go. Can't go out. <laughs> I should just read. The cozy feels. <laughs> yeah. 
things. Yeah, exactly. We've had a lot of wildlife encounters recently. So much. Cassandra's outside munching on insects right now. Cassandra is a baby praying mantis that yeah. looks like a green twig. She's so cool. She's been on the on the on the same flower for the last forty eight hours, and we she, love we've seen her. her catch at least three insects. And well, she we've basically, seen her eat them. We have yet to see her that's catch. True. We're excited about that. It's pretty like nature is brutal out here because. She like decapitates them, yeah. and they're still like wriggling, oh, and then yeah. she's just like eating out their insides. Sometimes she starts by the bottom, so they're actually still alive when she starts it's, eating it's them. It's brutal. It's almost as brutal as the ants that cross our patio every morning, every and, day. And they are they are like the grave diggers of nature. They're just scavengers, and whether it's alive or dead, they just take everything. So you watch insects kicking and screaming, yeah. being taken by five or six of these. They're little ants. They're really small ones. And they look they're vicious. so, so strong. Like, you see those big insects, and some, one day they caught a worm. The worm was still alive. And let me tell you, the worm was trying all it could to, like, stay like get free and they are so strong it's pretty terrifying i think nothing terrifies me more not even the praying mantis than these ants because that's like that hive mind and they're just taking everything back and it goes into a hole and god knows what happens down there yesterday they were dragging a massive dead spider and like you know how dead spiders it's just like flum like the limbs are off and like they were just dragging it along (laughs) And I'm fascinated every time. Like, oh, you guys caught something else. All yeah, right. but I, you know, but they're the things where I'm like, you would drag me if you could. Yeah, so I, I, they freak me out a little bit because I just I know it, the only thing is it's just a matter of size. It's the only reason they're not taking me down that hole either. And speaking of freaking out, uh, we had a little encounter with uh, someone I would like to call Susie. Okay, Susie. <laughs> Susie's a rat, and Susie was cornered outside our house. Uh, Alistair thought she was a mouse at that time, so I think that's It was pretty big. I thought she was like a deer mouse. Yeah. Yeah. She was a rat. I don't know. Maybe not. But (laughs) Elfie, Elfie, the the neighborhood cat, had cornered her right outside our door in like some straw mats. And I thought it'd be heroic and save the day. So So he called me. I grabbed Elfie, who was not very happy with me, and started meowing like, what the hell are you doing? I got lunch on the menu here. And And Julie Roxanne did not. Leave the door shut behind her. So we're, we're apparently still in this blame culture that we're trying to move out of. We're just stating the facts, no, which is that I, you hadn't left the door or you hadn't closed the door. I would make the case that the door has been kind of like jamming near the It's like the screen door and it doesn't close all, all the right, way anymore. All right. Anyway, so. either way, the <laughs> rat decided it would be safer in our house. And then for the next three days, he... Or she, Susie, if it if it's a if it's a, it's she, a she, she was munched on my papayas. Yeah, yeah. The next we didn't realize that this happened. It's only the next day. Alistair looked was getting ready to eat one of the papayas, and Alistair's really uh, on it with his papayas, and he grabbed it, and there were like a hole definitely made Just, by a rodent. You 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 save his life. You save her life, right? And then now she then she sneaks into your house, uninvited. <laughs> And starts eating your food. <laughs> That's fucked up. He was telling me, like, I'm noticing I'm really angry at the mouse. At this <laughs> point, we, we we were still thinking it was a mouse. But, yeah, it's you were really upset at her. And, uh, and we ended up finding that she was living in our couch. Yeah. And uh, we managed to get her out unscathed. And then I think I'm hoping she went out and just uh, hid. But I mean, it's only a matter of days before a vulture gets her. That's what happens when you do a good deed. You know, <laughs> just get punished. 
One other notable creature uh, that maybe we should share is we saw a massive, massive moth. Oh, uh, yes. The other day oh, my God. Terrifying. Way more terrifying than the praying mantis or the ants, in my opinion. If you think about like a, a lighter, probably. Like a big lighter. Yeah, yeah. like a big lighter. Then, uh, then it was like the body of the moth was that size. Like yeah. it was kind of freaky. And the wings, wow, they were impressive. Like, impressive. Like tree bark camo, but. Huh. Yeah. It was quite a creature. It was definitely with the wingspan. It was a few inches across. She probably can't like four or five. We're having a field day here. It's amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's also because there's less people in the streets and the weather's changing. So there's a lot of animals around mm. and it's exciting. So what are we talking about today, Alistair? Making money online. Booyah. What? Yeah. Oh. Making those dollars. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> Wow. So the other day, Julie Roxanne picked up her first kind of coaching client. I know. Uh, for, for her women work. I'm so excited. Super exciting. Yeah. You are working with a woman who wants to and is getting off birth control, yes. which is a journey you've done. And, and getting then, off hormonal birth control. Yeah. She is not looking to get pregnant. She is looking to have like natural birth control, which yeah. is what I do. You can hear about it on the Reclaiming My Body episode that we yeah. have on this podcast. And you discovered a method for that, which we've been using. Yeah. And it's Working done a lot really for you. really well. Yeah, it's done, it's done a lot for you. It's it been really important. So now you're helping other women go through that process. Super excited. And the idea that really clicked for me about this, because we were thinking about like, okay, we've been making money online for a while now. This is always a hot topic. We should talk about it. Yeah. And how can we talk about it in a way that's not douchey and pretentious and guru-y and, and kind of... Because there's so much murky information about this, you know? And, like, it I, often it just kind of degrades or it's bullshit or, you know... Yeah. And from paying attention to this kind of conversation for the last 10 years, there's a lot of crap out there. Mm. And so we're thinking about how could we approach this con this idea. And then that happened. And that kind of was... That kind of spawned the idea, mm -hmm. which is... You've been doing you've been doing women's work and throwing yourself in that community and around those ideas probably for like the last year and a half yeah. intentionally. Yeah. And you said like, "Oh my god, like I didn't even have to try this just happened with the coaching client." Yeah, and which which to some extent is true. Like I didn't go out and advertise and say, "I'm doing coaching on this topic," yeah. but I made myself like visible and available for people who wanted. And you've been help. leading women's circles for over a year now. Yeah. And, and so my response was, no, you've been working at this for a year and a half. Mm. So you've actually done a lot of work on this. But basically what happened was you've spent enough time in a place where you've started to have some experience. I mean, I'm not going to call you an expert, but you're starting to have some expertise. Yeah. And you're doing stuff in that space. Yeah. And this kind of emerged out of that. And it's definitely like an early stage. It's not like you're making buku bucks, but you got paid by yes. a client for work you've been you've been doing and wanting to do for a while. And I think that that zero to one right there, that going from I'd like to get paid for women's work to receiving even one dollar mm -hmm. from somebody who willingly wants to pay you. To do that work yeah. with you yeah. is massive. It's a massive step. It's it's zero to one in my mind. And I think it's really the hardest step. And it I've is. seen it with my coaching too, which yeah. happened last year when yeah. Kelly approached me for financial help. Uh, that Kelly is uh, my business partner over at Ripple Out Retreats. Yeah. And that's what started that. 
And now and, you've helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the financial coaching. And so I'm noticing that this pattern has happened over and over in our lives. And basically what's happened, and we now have, we counted them, five, no, sorry, seven, seven different revenue streams. Yeah. We're not making buku bucks. Yeah. But it's pretty badass. I know. We, he was like, we're making seven. We have seven revenue streams. And I was like, that's badass. And then in my head, I was like, there's another way to look at this, which is that's pretty precarious. Yeah. And that's like unstable. <laughs> badass or struggling to put food on the table. <laughs> yeah, it can be seen either way. It so, can. It really can. So you choose. Yeah. I, I'm, I've chosen. But, but I think the point here is that we are doing things we care about. We were making money online. And this all started from a year and a half ago, living in a caravan out in the forest in France, having nothing. We had nothing, nothing. to go on except for our love, which didn't really trade for much money yeah, at the time. Didn't. And over the last year and a half, we've been able to establish seven different streams of income. We uh, now have our own place in a beautiful location. It's starting to get to the point where uh, we're more we're more comfortable. You know, yeah. we don't need to live in a caravan anymore. Yeah, yeah, for free. Uh, <laughs> we love you, old caravan, but we're happy uh, we're not living in you anymore. And, but there's a pattern to how this has happened almost every time, which is that every revenue stream we have has resulted in us being in places we're interested in. Yeah. And I think being in places we're interested in is like the key part here. Mm -hmm. And we want to unpack that a little bit. Because I think this is not usually what's touted online about how to make money online. Mm -hmm. It's almost never because this is actually a really long process and it doesn't pay very well for a very long time. Yeah. But I also think it's the moat that when you get on the other side of it, it is kind of defensible. It's, it's how you have a sustainable business that isn't a commodity and doesn't mean you're working yourself to the bone. Yeah. So it's not like, I think it's very different than a lot of the things I hear. So we've broken it down into three or four kind of steps or principles yeah. to think about if this is something you want to do. If you want to make money online doing fulfilling work. Yes. And by fulfilling work, we mean maybe it's not your life's purpose, but that it fulfills a lot of your needs. And it's kind of matched to your values, to what you care about, and to your your place in life, like yeah, I mean, what you're it's, doing. It's like that there's meaning to it, regardless yeah. of what the meaning is. Yeah. And that it doesn't get in the way of your life. That it's, it's, it's helping you kind of live your life. Totally. Yeah. Um, which is rare work. And if you have that already, give yourself a pat on the back. Because right that's, that's a major achievement, I think. That is. And I think, so the first step really, or the first kind of like point to this is, it's really all about creating space to actually pursue an interest. We recently did an episode about via negativa, mm -hmm. which is the negative way, which is the way of removal, the way of, you know, in the, it kind of in the, I think it was the medieval Christian tradition. It's the way of describing God by describing what he's not and that this is actually a pretty reliable way to get to things. Mm -hmm. I think you can go back and listen to that via negativa episode yeah. for this first point. But yeah. the, the idea is basically just create the space so that you can dive into these things. In our case, and this can look a lot of different ways. So it could be get a job that isn't very demanding and provides for your needs mm -hmm. so that you have a lot of extra time, mm -hmm. right? This is kind of like Einstein being the postal clerk yeah. and then working out, you know, the theory of the universe in yeah. his own time or an artist who, who works in the library. You could be the next Einstein. Yeah. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Probably won't be, but you could. <laughs> 
That, that's one way you could do this. The way I did it was you can also uh, hoard a bunch of cash. Mm-hmm. So you can um, make a lot of money yeah. and then hoard it. Yeah. Or you can just not spend a lot of money. And so you can just kind of get a war chest. Mm-hmm. And then that translates to you being able to buy your time back later. Which is what we both did. We both did that. But we also did it in combination with another approach, which is uh, which is that you can also... Lower your expenses. Yeah, choose a life really low cost. And what we did was we bought a caravan for cheap, renovated for cheap. And, and we worked we, on their land. Yeah, we worked on people's land for a couple of days a week. And, and we didn't pay rent and we didn't utilities. pay utilities. We were really just paying for our food. That's one our- option. The option we're doing now is we're living in a third world country. Mm-hmm. And that is a privileged option that most of the people listening to this podcast have available to them. Mm-hmm. And it's... You know, it's something you realize when you travel, what a privilege and what a ridiculously unfair option that is. Yeah. Because it's one-sided. We yeah, have yeah. it, but not everyone does. Yeah. And so I think if you're going to go that route, I think it's helpful to think about how can you also kind of help these communities that you're going to because they're helping you. Mm-hmm. But these are all different ways. And there's other ways too. These are the general, I think, approaches. And then The idea is fit it to your life. What are the resources? What are the things you have available to you, right? How can you be creative about making space in your life? And I think the the key thing is like making space to follow your interests. And I can hear people in the back go, I don't know what my interests are. I didn't know. The point is make space because then that will emerge. Because if you have time, you will naturally navigate, like you will gravitate towards certain things more than not. And I I still remember the day where I realized that one of my passions in life was talking about birth. And like, it was a major realization because I never made that connection before, but it was something I always been interested in. And it's like, it's like those aha moments, those like light bulb moments that go off, but you have to have the space to get those. Yeah. I think when you create the space, then all of a sudden there's kind of an intention there. Yeah. And there's also... The space is there. So you, you you can you have to do something with it. And it's this is a trial and error process. Mm-hmm. So if you know, in one way you could create space to so just stop going to the bars on the weekends. You know who I'm talking to. You know, you know who you are out there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to my old self, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's like just stop going to the bars on the weekends. Now you're gonna have uh, money you didn't have before, and you're not only gonna have Friday and Saturday night, you're gonna have Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh-huh. Right. And so all of a sudden, you have to figure out what to do. And if you don't know what to do, you're going to figure it out. Because yeah. you're not going to just twiddle your thumbs the whole time. Maybe you will in the beginning because you need to catch up. But yeah. Like, yeah. And maybe that would be good because then you can make some connections. Yeah. You know? So, like, it's not about making the space once you know what you're interested in. Yeah. It's about making the space first. That reminds regardless. me of something. That reminds me of something my mom used to say to us. I, I still remember, like my brother going up to her and be like, "Mom, I'm bored." She was like, "It's good to be bored. It's a nice. It's important to be bored once in a while." Bored is the first step to figuring out. Like, how not to be bored. Yeah, create space, <laughs> get bored, then you're going to realize what it is that you're interested in. And then, then the second piece to this, which is really important, and I think is like, it can also be said about a lot of different things, but don't think about the outcome. Don't think, okay, I'm going to do this so that, that so, to make money. That cannot be... 
it can be kind of the intention behind it, but you cannot have expectations of when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Again, this is if you want to do work that you're interested in, mm-hmm. that you care about, and that you find fulfilling. This is the approach we found to that, which is that you can't have the result in front of the, you, you can't come first, yeah. right? It's like, you know, I hear advice, which I think is good when the timing is appropriate, which is like, hey, go look for problems other people have, or even better, look for your own problems and then solve those for other people, mm-hmm. right? This is good advice. But I think first, we need to really go on the journey ourselves, right? And then it will become more apparent. But if you start by looking for that, you can kind of cut short the journey. You can kind of cut short the 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 journey to interesting work mm-hmm. or to things that you're interested in. You need to give some time to let yourself explore, not have expectations about where it's going to go so that you're willing to go with it wherever it goes. Because a lot of times it's not clear up front how this is going to turn into cash money. Yeah. And for maybe a long time, I'm looking at the typology workshop that I'm teaching right now. The first session of this, we had 13 people on it. And we're going to pull in around $3,000 yeah. from that. That was a really long, windy road to those $3,000. I mean, I've been, I've been studying typology for the last three years. It's something I'm just genuinely interested in. Yeah. And then because I was interested in it, I went far enough along the path. And I made enough connections to kind of bring it to other people mm-hmm. in a way that was valuable to them. But that kind of worked because... I had enough curiosity and energy and I was able to take it that far and go down all the different paths without asking, okay, does that path lead to money? Because a lot of them didn't. Yeah. I think that's, that there's two things that come to mind here. One is we're obviously, we're saying you, we're, it's sounding like we're giving principles and we said at the top of this that we don't want to sound like guru-y or whatever. And I think the reason we're sharing this is because this is exactly the map we're following. So it's almost like a good reminder for ourselves. And if that can help anyone out there, then great. I just think it's it's important for me to emphasize like we're still in that process. This is still actively happening, but we can see the progress we've made in a year and a half. And if like you look a year and a half or two years or three years into the future, if we look into the future, it's looking pretty good. This is our credo. This is what we believe in. Yeah. And yeah. this is the way we're this is the way we're doing it, basically. Yeah. And I think I think something else that like a metaphor that came to mind when we were talking about this yesterday is like following your interests. For the sake of making money is the same as going into sex just for the sake of having an orgasm. And I'm talking maybe more to the ladies over there because I think like guys, okay, you can you can kind of it's probably easier to access, although there's like variation in the quality of the orgasm yeah, that definitely. you can have. But a woman, it's like if you sense that it's coming and you're putting that pressure on yourself that, oh my god, okay, how do I grasp onto it? How do I make it happen? Usually that's when it eludes you. We've all had that experience and I'm talking to you over there. I know, I know. You take the magic out of it. Yeah, and I think this goes to this idea of not putting this this expectation on when and how you're going to make money allows you to really follow the interest and then you don't put pressure on the interest. I remember in the early days of me finally figuring out what I was interested in, 
it was super fragile and there was no way I was going to try to put the burden onto that interest of like, okay, we need to make money from this. Like, whoa, whoa, it's terrifying. That's a good point because I think if you try to make money from something too soon, you can ruin your interest in it totally. as well. And then you don't really gain the mastery of it that you need to. It yeah. becomes a job where like it stays at a surface level, right? Yeah. And it's really by allowing yourself to go deep and trust that when it's time, you will find a way, but not before, because maybe you're not ready for that either. Yes. And there's really something to say about, about like the process. That's the most interesting part. And that kind of leads us to the, to that third point. And maybe we can go back. One one thing I'll say on this before we go is that this is a bit of a paradoxical one because you have to hold two truths here, which is one, don't look for the result first, but second, we have to keep in mind that we do kind of want that result, right? Like there's some awareness there because then you'll be looking for opportunities. So this one's a little tricky because you don't want that to overtake, but it is good to be aware that that to look for those possibilities and opportunities. And I think the reality of this is there is a permanent tension. It's not like I'm always sitting in deep trust that everything's going to work out and money is going to come my way. There are moments where I freak out. I get the sense I'm not doing enough. And those are usually the moments where I kind of like learn more and get deeper into my interests and have more to offer when the time does come Mm -hmm. that someone reaches out to me because they want my expertise, quote unquote. I have a hard time with these words, but it's uh, (laughs) so so it's like. It's nice to have that tension. And I think pushing it away is not the the way. It doesn't have to always feel super mindful and blissful and just walking through a meadow or whatever. But to illustrate your point, I will just share a metaphor that Deepak Chopra wrote in his book, The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success, which was probably that first book I read that really tipped me over the edge. Like one of the most influential books I've read. It's really small and... and, uh, I don't think I would love it if I read it now, but it has a lot of meaning for me. And he said, like, putting an intention in the universe for something to happen is the same as planting a seed. You don't plant a seed and then two days later open open the ground again to see how the seed is doing. The seed needs to be buried. But what you do need to do is water it every day and you just have to trust that it's going to come out. And it's that process. It's you don't have and some to, like, of those constant. seeds don't ever sprout. Yes, some of them don't. And I think this is where it leads to this this like trusting the process and that the process actually takes you where you need to go and that it's about committing to the journey, not about like achieving a specific outcome. I like this seed metaphor because I think it also gets to the point that the seed grows on its own. It's its own being. And it has its own kind of independence. You can't really make the seed grow. All you can do is nourish it and provide it with loving, love and care and nutrients and all that. And create the space. But the seed grows on itself. Yeah. 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 And and like this idea of, of committing to the journey is it's most probably not going to look like what you thought it was going to look when you started. Which is why you don't want to have the result be the dominant thing, because it's going to narrow your mind and you're going to miss a lot of possibilities and opportunities that might have been more fruitful. You have this thing about like you have to start walking, right? Like, can yeah. you just share that? I, I think this also gets into the third one. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're there. Great. So. <laughs> so so I think this is this is the kind of the third idea, which is you really have to start walking to you you have to get on this journey and it's like if you want to go somewhere right 
you're not going to know how to deal with the terrain that's going to come up in 100 yards until you've walked those first 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, you won't even be able to see it, yeah. right? Like, But when you get there, it's a good chance you're going to know what to do with it because then you'll be able to see it and then you can deal with it. But I think this kind of making money online, doing fulfilling work is the same way in a lot of ways, which is you have to start taking that first step and then a little bit more is going to open up to you. And then you take that second step, a little bit more opens up to you and you don't need to solve those things from the beginning. You really just need to take that first step because those things only get solved by your unfolding vision and by you getting closer to them, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't see the whole path from the beginning. Yeah. And, and it's, um, it's this idea of follow the thread of excitement because at times it might be different and it might it might not always show up exactly as you thought. You know, for instance, I know that I'm going to be meant to do work with birth and postpartum and all that that stuff. But I'm also I also get this really strong feeling that this is probably for later. I feel like I'm in a stage of life where I'm more called to work with the menstrual cycle and getting women in touch with their bodies and getting women to know their bodies and all these things. And it's like, if I was too focused on, yeah, but what I want is really attending birth, I'm going to miss that whole section that is actually also related because ultimately there's always kind of a field that we're interested in. And there's like this constellation and we have all these dots that we can connect and they are all they're all valuable to to connect and and they're all important to have explored so it's like just follow that that thread of excitement i would say i would say it this way which is wholeheartedly go on the journey yeah right like leave the shore embark on the journey and let it take you where it's going to take you yeah i think and this is really because this is how you this is how you end up in places get into the communities get into the places where these ideas are being shared and just spend time in there and really explore it and commit to it. I think, you know, like this podcast opened up a couple of businesses for us around producing and editing. Yeah. The typology things opened up some workshops around that. Retreats have been opened up from, from travel. Like mm-hmm. all these things started from genuine interests we have. And if you want to do work that you're genuinely interested in, you probably need to genuinely, you need to follow your genuine interests, right? Like it's pretty obvious. If you want to be kind of authentic in your work, be authentic in your life and the work will emerge from that. That is the, that is what we're seeing happen. That's a, that's definitely um, a leap of faith in some ways because you don't know, it's not going to come on your calendar or Mm -hmm. on your, your schedule, but it, it, if you're looking for it, and I think this is a good place to say, if you have some business experience, like it's not a bad idea to go get some business experience mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. Um, or as you're doing this as well. Yeah. Uh, that can be really helpful. Yeah. And I think that what you just said about faith, that's a, that's a, a big point. This is a journey of trusting that if you've, of trusting, trusting yourself, trusting that those seeds of interest, those like those things that are exciting you and calling you, they're worth pursuing, even if it feels like they're not, you know, like even if it feels like it's a quote waste of time or not the best use of your time. This is where it's a, it's a great journey too, because you get to learn how to trust that following your interests is actually a good thing. And I would call it, and I usually call it this in my financial coaching, which is also investing in yourself, right? Mm. We know what it means to invest in a stock market, but what I find is a lot of us don't know what it means to invest in ourselves. 
we can't see the payoff on that. Yeah. But I would say that that's the one you're more likely to own. It's the one you're more likely to have in the future. No one can take that away from you. It's a safer bet in a lot of ways than mm-hmm. investing in the stock market. And if I use this example that you were talking about, about like, okay, you want to do women's work around birth, but right now you're doing women's work around like the menstrual cycles and yeah. things like this. Like that's to me part of the journey, right? And like when you're doing that, a couple of things are happening. You're in you're in a community of women yeah. who care about these kind of topics. You are learning all sorts of skills that are going to serve you when you're doing that, right? Which is like selling yourself, it's it's coaching, it's leading kind of meetings and and all this stuff, working with women, work. basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's not from there, it's a really, really small step up to yes. to birth work or to working in that sphere. You're yeah. already like we've said, you've already walked the first hundred yards. And exactly. then you can see what that terrain looks like and, and how to approach it. Yeah, and it's it's as you said earlier, it's always about that zero to one. What I have yesterday, I went out for the first time to shop in like three weeks or a month. Honestly, Alistair has been doing most of the shopping. I've went out, I've gone out a few times to like walk, but I I haven't been out in the town part of things for a while. And it was really hard to get started. I was kind of excited about going outside, but I like I was on the porch gathering my stuff, putting on my shoes, and that that first step of opening the door and actually going outside that was like that's the hardest part that's where I had the most chance of staying home I could have come up with a thousand reasons oh it's too late now I'm gonna be late for all the things I have to do later I was but whatever I ended up going and I can go another day it's not that urgent and all these this is where I have the most chance for failure when I was on on the street I was gone I was on the way and then it's like easy to go because you have that momentum it's that first thing and I think the zero to one thing is tough. This is why a lot of this advice has to stay at a general level or this reflection or whatever you want to call it, because no one can tell you how to do that zero Mm -hmm. to one. Like that zero to one is going to, you're going to have, that's, that's the magic, right? That's the, that's the hard part. And you're going to, everyone's going to figure that out in a different way, according to their strengths, according to their resources and according to luck too, right? Like what happens for them. So that can't be like deconstructed when we're looking at work that requires us. Yeah. Like if you're looking at work that feels fulfilling, that requires you to figure out what that work is and to put yourself in places where that work happens, right? And so, but I still think the best way to approach it is by if you follow your interests, people are attracted to that kind of energy yes. when you're doing what you love, whatever that is. It yes. could be like if you're just collecting rocks. Your brother paints Warhammer figurines, and it's insane. I have no interest in doing that, and I don't give a shit about Warhammer. But when he shows me what he's done, I'm so impressed. Yeah, we admire his skill. We admire the kind of everything he's put into that, his attention to detail. Like, for him, we admire that he cares about it, right? It's like our energy. When we do something we truly love and we're in our flow, we our energy glows outward. And and it's, it's like we attract people like moths. And if you find that, there's likely other people that feel similar or likely other people that want to get to that point. This is why we have to go on the journey ourselves, because that is the easiest way to turn around and help other people go on those journeys as well. And that gets to solving other people's problems, because a lot of times we go on this journey, then we turn around and say, "Okay, well, I got across that river. That was tough, but I figured it out. And then there's other people that want to get across that same river. Yeah. And now you're suited well to help them. Uh But it's only by 
committing to cross the river yourself that you can get to that point. One last thing I'll say on this this point is uh, regarding the trust. This idea of, okay, I'm going to follow my interest, but I have no way of knowing how the money is going to come from this. That's where you have to do most of the work and trust that it will come, that you, you have no control over it. It's a, it's a total experiment and surrender. But so it's not about like, it's, it's almost about creating a life where it's not that you know when and where the money is going to come. It's that you trust that at all the stages of your life, you're going to be able to create income for yourself when you need it and that the money is going to come. I know that sounds woo-woo, but it's it, you're listening to Farah podcast. We, we just did a, a, a huge thing about ayahuasca. I didn't think, I didn't think that was woo-woo. Okay, well, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, what is it? But I think that's that's the belief I'm trying to cultivate for myself. I'm trying to like step away from how can I plan, how can I know when and how and where it's going to happen and rather sit in the realization that I've always been able to manifest income when I needed it. I've always been able to have money come my way when I needed it. And it took many different forms. But Which gets to another point of this, which is that sometimes you have to put yourself in a situation where you need to do that. Yes, yes. When we were living in the caravan, we were in a situation where we needed to figure out a way to do this online. I was in a, any money is good money at this point, you know, and I I did stuff I was interested in. So it focuses your attention and it gives you that motivation really to look. And I think, you know, when we're talking about faith and stuff, this is alongside hard work and preparation. This is not a, like for us, it's, you know, we probably work more than most people do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is not like a particularly easy road. And it's not to say, oh, you just need to have faith. It's like, well, no, you, you need to have faith, but you also probably need to work on your skills and find different ways to develop it. And if you don't have any business experience, you have to find ways to acquire sure. that. Yeah. So that that's also a part of it. But I think just going back quickly to that the energy thing is that I, if you're genuinely interested and you really care about something, that is attractive mm-hmm. and other people are going to be attracted to that. And if you start being vocal about that, if you start sharing that interest to people, maybe even just in the beginning, just your friends, whatever, yeah. you find avenues to share that where people listen or even care. Sooner or later, you keep at that long enough, someone's going to approach you for help. And then you can start like, sometimes that's that's the best way is mm-hmm. when like someone just asks you like, Hey, they, some, sometimes other people see what you've done and accomplished better than you do. Yeah. And they can say, Hey, that that's valuable. And can you help me do that? And, uh, I'll pay you for it. And that's literally happened to both of us. Yes. One last thing on this, this, this last point here about going on the adventure yourself is like, this is when we immerse ourselves in this, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about, you need to be in these places. Mm. You need to be in the places that you're interested in, right? And when you're really in them, it starts to become, this is where you start looking for like, okay, what are the problems that I solve for myself? What are the problems that other people are having in here? When we started podcasting, we joined a community. It was one of Seth Godin's uh, Akimbo workshops. We joined a community of hundreds of others that wanted to do the same thing. And we had to overcome challenges and hurdles to podcasting turns out podcasting is harder than you think when you just or than I thought when I was listening to him anyway so we had that experience and then we turn around and realize there's certain problems everybody has once they've got a part podcast started mm-hmm. one of them is that most people never signed up for the editing part of it mm-hmm. they don't want to do that yeah and so when you're in these communities you can have 
insight. You and you have that insider language. You have the you are you you have the rapport of going through a journey with someone, right? Yeah. Because that often is how we get connected with people. So you're when you do that, especially if you do if you find groups to do it with, you're very well positioned to help to start looking at how you can help others or how you can help people do what you just did, right? And those are two really easy ways to get started. Yeah, and I think this is just a good place to clarify, like being in places in in our world can mean a lot of different things. We're in different, I'm in a certain place when I read a book and when I read a certain type of books. It can be an intellectual community, a physical community, a social community. There's there's all, all sorts of ways. But I think as we get into them, we start things emerge. We start to see it. That's taking, you know, that first step. And then you start to see what it's like inside the forest instead of looking at the forest from outside of it, which Mm -hmm. looks totally different than being in it. Right. And then you, you have a better idea, more informed idea about how you can, how you can be helpful Mm -hmm. and how you can give. And then I think it's just give, give, give and start figuring out what is valuable. Yeah. And uh, once you've done that enough, once you get good at that, the, the money tends to to be attached to that. Yeah. And so again, all these ideas are not, they're not like your uh, three bullet points blog post telling you how to make money online starting tomorrow. Like this is not a quick and easy fix to do just another version of the work you don't really care about. So the three ideas we've got here are create space first even if you don't know what your interests are. Second one is focus on the process, not the result. Mm -hmm. This is how you keep your mind open and you get somewhere interesting. And the third is jump in wholeheartedly. Embark on the journey. Follow your interests wherever it takes you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. These, I think, are three pretty trustworthy, pretty sturdy principles that will help you get to doing work that you find fulfilling and making money online. Caveat, though, it's been hard going for us, Mm -hmm. and it has not made us rich anywhere close to that. But what I can say is that at the end of the day, I'm fulfilled. And most days, I'm really happy about what I'm doing. Yeah, And I would say, honestly, this has been a huge spiritual process, too, because in learning to surrender, to trust the process, to trust that it's going to come, like, we've learned way more than just skills about our work and the things we're doing. We've learned like life skills. We're learning life skills of just surrendering to life wherever it wants to take us. Like this can be taken at a whole nother level. I think what's really exciting about this journey is finding ways to like make everything in my life aligned, right? Like Agreed. it's funny. We were laughing the other day because our podcast clients, the ones we edit and produce, are aware that we were just on an ayahuasca retreat because we just talked about that on our podcast. And my coaching clients know about it. Like my parents, all parts of my life are, this is not how it used to be. I used to live different lives in different places. They were all compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, there's a place for that. Sometimes that's appropriate. But I get a real big thrill out of, bringing these things together where I don't feel like I have to hide part of who I am and where it's like just out in the open. And that doesn't mean that I go when we have a new editing client, like, Hey, by the way, by the way, just did ayahuasca, go check out the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't talk about it, but like, I'm also not hiding it and it's, it's visible there. And I don't know, for me, I really enjoy not having to censor myself or figure out 
what I need to be like, just showing up as me. Yeah. It's been important. And I think that's what's exciting about doing this kind of work is that I get to show up as myself and find more and more ways to express myself in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really exciting process. And that hasn't always been the case. I remember, you know, one lesson I really took out of my early years in business when I was working on a startup is I watched the business owners have a lot of success. They exited the company for millions of dollars. That was cool. And I could tell that they were very passionate about business in general. But as the general manager of that company, I could also tell that they were not passionate about the business we were in. Mm -hmm. They didn't care about our customers at the, at the end. They cared about business for the sake of entrepreneurship yes. and for the sake of, of the financial means and the freedom it provided. Nothing wrong with that. But for me, that was a major lesson because I never wanted to create a business where I didn't care about what we were doing. I don't really, I didn't really want to create a business that I wanted to sell. I, I, I wanted to create a business that helped me do the things that I care about. And so I think this is a different approach then, you know, there, there are other reasons to get into business. But this is the approach we've taken. Again, it hasn't gotten me rich, but I really enjoy most of my days. And in a way, I think it's that what's, what the real kind of success story of this is, is that I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. This is it right now. We're already there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And I think we might have set a record for our shortest episode ever. <laughs> if you don't count the bloopers episode that we made a while back, that probably is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a few ways you can support the show. As always, you know you want to support the show. You, you know, know it. it. Yeah. So one of those revenue streams we were talking about... <laughs> Our Patreon members. Yes, yes. That help if us you, support this podcast. Yeah, if you want to support the podcast in a financial way, that is really critical and crucial to keep the podcast going. We, it's surprisingly expensive to run this podcast. Yeah. I never thought it would cost as much as it does. <laughs> so if you want to help out with this, you can head on over to patreon.com slash couple. We have a few different tiers you can support us at. Every tier grants you access to the bonus content that we create over there and it's exciting we've got a lot of bonus content that's come out recently uh -huh. so there's a lot there yeah and uh, the lowest tier is three dollars so yeah. three dollars a month you can be a patron you'll enjoy it be part of the team there's two other ways you can support this podcast you can share it with friends or on social media tag us at the far out couple on instagram get the word out And the other thing you can do is leave us a review. If yeah. you enjoyed this episode or you are a frequent listener of the podcast, we'd love to hear you share in your own words what you think of the podcast. And I know it's a pain to go over to your computer, open iTunes, and God, leave a review so there. I, I, I know I slug on doing this, but if you really enjoyed the podcast and you've been meaning to leave us a review for a while, go do it today. That would be awesome because it actually helps us get found more easily on iTunes. It's really important like, for us. Yeah. It's important. Feed the algorithm. They're the new masters of the world. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just slaves to them. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Doodles. Doodles.